Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to a Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton, and Mike Duffy. As you can tell by the smile on my face and Mike Duffy's face, Watford beat Luton Town by four goals to nil. Uh, we beat our arch rivals, both them lot up the M1. Um, and we didn't just beat them, we battered them. Let's just say that. Luton get battered everywhere they go. And that was <laughs> ringing out through Vickers Road yesterday. Uh, that was Watford's biggest win over Luton since the famous 4-0 victory at Kenilworth Road back in 1997. Um, however, it was Watford's biggest victory over Luton at Vicarage Road. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing off that still. Um, Mike, how are you doing, mate? And how are you feeling after that result yesterday? Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's been a while since... We, me and you were on a pod so firstly it's great to be back and secondly it's even better to be great talking about this uh, I, I wasn't here last week I, I got back from uh, Mallorca and I, I wasn't feeling very well at all uh, I was saying to you just before we started I've only just started to feel sort of human again so to, to watch that on Sunday I was I was in absolute shock I mean we'll talk about what uh, what we thought about the game before it kicked off but that that's what we've wanted, and yeah, I'm just buzzing. I can't wait to talk about this with you. Ah, oh, well, we'll jump straight back into it, and just quickly before we jump into it, you sure it's not alcoholic poisoning that you picked up? <laughs> no, do you know what? It's uh, it was a sore throat. I, I think, uh, without sounding obvious, I think something's going round at the moment. But uh, yeah, no alcohol poisoning's written out of the equation. I uh, I think I did did all right considering it was three three straight days of drinking. <laughs> Fair play to you. Um, I, I said to you, you're starting to get a bit old now, so it's catching up on you. You can't hack it anymore. But talking of sore throats, I think everyone that attended the game yesterday has woken up with a sore throat. I'm definitely feeling it now. Um, I've got a two two squashes to the side of me just to get through this podcast. Um, but yesterday, Watford fans, when we woke up, we was all went on Twitter, all the other social media pages, and we were begging that the Watford players turned up. I put out a tweet and I was like, I just beg the players to turn up. Um, you'll get 100% from the supporters. We'll be your 12th man, um, but this needs to be re- reciprocated and we, we need this in return by everyone on the pitch. And if we beat those lot up the M1, this will feel better than those victories over the, the likes of Manchester United and Liverpool, Arsenal in the Premier League because this means something to our supporters. And Mike, they delivered yesterday, didn't they? Um, we were that 12th man and 
let's talk about the atmosphere first, Mike. The atmosphere, honestly, that's the loudest I've ever heard Vickery Drive. The rook, I stand in the rookery and I was on my feet the whole 90 minutes. I can't remember ever being on my feet for 90 minutes. Even when we had that quarterfinal game against Crystal Palace in the FA Cup, I think I sat down at some points in that game. But honestly, the whole rookery was just standing. Mate, it was it was crazy. I mean, I was watching um I, I was watching it at home and you could tell even watching it at home how electric the atmosphere was. I think because of what's going on at the moment with the owners and everything mm-hmm. like that, it's easy for us to feel disconnected with the club. We obviously come in, come into the game off the back of an absolute hammering by Millwall, a pathetic performance. So you could blame mm-hmm. people turning up and thinking I'm not feeling that confident today. You know, Luton were flying before coming into the game. So, sort of everything pointed towards a Luton, sort of, if anything, the scoreline to be reversed and Luton to win 4 0. So, you know, I was a little bit worried. Yeah, there'd be a certain degree of us that would get behind the team because it's a local derby and we're with a home team. But honestly, they delivered. The 1881 singing section get a lot of stick uh, over the course of the season. And, you know, last season, the atmosphere was horrendous. Uh, I mean, I don't blame them. We didn't have much to cheer about. But everyone, not just the rookery, you could tell that all four sides of the stadium, other than that little section behind the goal at the Vicarage Road end, uh, all four sides of the stadium was rocking. Like I said to you before we recorded, I was sitting at home watching it. And I, at one stage, I had to turn the volume down because I thought, bloody hell, this is loud. So... <laughs> It was it was tremendous. I mean, I'm gutted I wasn't there because, like I say, the atmosphere was unreal. But that is what we wanted, Ben. We we'd said all along this season we just want a performance where the players look like they give a shit. They look like they care about the the the, the football club. They look like they care that they pull on the shirt and they delivered that handsome yesterday. And honestly, it was. I said to you before we started recording, a lad at work said to me. Uh, how was the game? I didn't watch it. I said, that was the best team performance I've seen from Watford since we beat Liverpool 3-0 in the Premier League. Uh, and and I'd, I'd go as far as saying it was better than that. Yeah, well, it means much more to the Watford fans. Um, bit victories over our arch rivals. We've had to wait 16 years since we last played and where fans could come. And back then, we drew 1-1 at Vicarage Road. Marlon King scored the goal. Um, so we've waited an awful long time. Um, but going back to the atmosphere quickly as well, I don't know if you saw Slavin Vidic's um, interview um, with the Sky reporter after the game. The Sky reporter was very surprised with the noise levels inside Vicarage Road. And he, he, he said that to um, Vidic. And he was like, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I, I knew a tiny bit about Watford and Luton. But today really shocked him and he didn't believe how much it actually meant to the fans and the noise levels. And he, and he said that the, the noise levels, it was on par to like a Liverpool-Everton derby. And you know how vicious that gets sometimes. And it, it, it was like that inside the stadium. And what the fans were just absolutely quality. And yeah, hats off to everyone that went yesterday because really were the 12th man. Um but also, Mike, going into the game, Watford, like you say, they weren't favourites, really. I know I was playing at home, but our form was poor lately. Um, obviously, losing 3-0 away to Millwall. Luton actually was about seven games unbeaten as well. Um, but this 
these games, Mike, it just shows that derby games are one-off games, aren't they? And this can maybe light a fire now for Watford mm. to actually get their shit together uh, and, and put consecutive victories together. Because we've mentioned this before, Watford haven't won back-to-back games in the Championship this season. And it's about time that they do, if they're serious about doing anything in this league this season. Do you reckon this is maybe time to... It, it might light that flyer to just kickstart the season for Watford now? I really hope so. I mean, how many times have we said that already this season, Ben? And it's not happened. But at the end of the day, we've we've not gone into a game off the back of a performance like that. Even the 4-0 game against Stoke, we weren't exactly amazing. Stoke were very poor <laughs> and that helped. So the fact that we've now got a bit of a foundation, a bit of a blueprint to build off, that will help massively. And I think as well, one thing I want to say as well, Ben, you, you, you see all these things on Twitter about uh, they rank the derbies. And listen, I'm not saying that we're anywhere near the Celtics and Rangers or the Newcastles and mm. Sunderlands, but I think it's about time that fans started putting a little bit respect on the Watford Luton derby. I think yesterday's atmosphere showed that it's not it's not just a, a little old derby which isn't talked about. Like I saw a poll the other day on Twitter saying, uh, "What's the best derby in the EFL?" And Watford Luton wasn't even on there. So I'm like, you know, that atmosphere should show that this is a game where both teams really want to get something. So, but yeah. Like I said, Ben, we've we've got a bit more of a blueprint to go in uh, the next game against Wigan. I mean, we've supported Watford for, what, 20-odd years? We know full well how this will go in the next game. <laughs> I, I stupidly looked, Ben. Wigan have got the worst home record in the league. So I, I wish you'd stop doing this. <laughs> you just know what that means. But in all seriousness, it's nice to be going into a game thinking, well, we were unbelievable in that last game. Let's build on it. Let's kickstart something. So, yeah, absolutely, Ben. Why can't this be the, the, the fire that starts for us and we go on a bit of a run? Because I think we're 23 points at the moment. I think we're seven points off top, maybe. Uh, our three points off playoffs. So, all you need to do in the Championship, it's such a weird league, especially this mm. season. You win two or three games on the bounce, you're back up there. And who knows what can happen? Exactly, and let's get straight into that action then. We've, we've obviously just spoken about um, the atmosphere, but let's talk about what actually raised the atmosphere even more inside Vickers Road. It took three minutes for Watford to get on the score sheets. But we, we've spoken before about how quickly you need to start games and you definitely need to start it in a derby. You need to silence the opposition's crowd and you need to get in their faces with our supporters, and that certainly happened yesterday. It, it, it was just great to see. Uh, it was a bit of a pinch yourself moment. Um, it was like, have we really taken the lead inside three minutes after what we just witnessed away at Millwall uh-huh. last week? Um, but it was fantastic play. Ismail Asar was over on that left-hand side, and he had about three players around him, and he was just waiting for that overlap from Hassan Kamar, wasn't he? And at the right time, and he laid the ball off. Kamar got to the byline and just pulled this ball box, a ball across the six-yard box, and there was Keenan Davis, who just produced like a scorpion kick, Mike, didn't he? Like watching it from the stands, it was like. How did he get to that? You could see him just reach out with his, like, changing his body position and just flicking it from behind him. And it was such a fantastic finish. And that's Keenan Davis' fourth goal in seven games for Watford now. Like, what a start for Watford yesterday, Mike. And talk me about that goal. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the star, I sat down and when, when it kicked off, I thought, right, what Watford are we going to get today? Like, uh, are we going to get one that's a bit sheepish? Is the atmosphere going to maybe um, put a bit of pressure on us in, in a bad way? So to start the way we did, and that overlap, that Saar and Kamara overlap, the amount of times we sat here as a podcast in the Championship last time and praised the overlap and the partnership of Saar and Kiko Femenia, we could be looking at something. We could be looking at something else, but we could be looking at a partnership of Saar and Kamara. Luton could not deal with that overlap. That side yesterday, they couldn't deal with it. And for Keenan Davis, when I actually saw it go in, I I mean, first of all, I didn't care how it went in. I just was delighted that we'd scored in three minutes. But secondly, I thought thought he maybe headed it or it come off his chest and gone in. I didn't, it wasn't until they showed the replay that I thought, bloody hell, he's pulled a scorpion kick off here. But Keenan Davis just goes from strength to strength for me, Ben. It's obvious his match fitness isn't where it wants to be. But the fact that he scored four goals in seven games already is uh, is promising news. You know, he will only get better with more game time uh, yeah. and starting more games. And uh, it wasn't long ago on the pod I said, I don't think he'll sort of chip in with as many goals as people think he'll create for others around him. But the system that we're playing at the moment, he'll easily surpass the, the goals that, I mean, I think he only got five goals at Forest last season. He's on four mm. already. So I think he'll, uh, if he carries on in the way, the way that we're going, he'll easily get double figures for us this season, I think. And we we made the comparison the other week. He's, he's what Troy Deeney was back in the championship for us. I think the system really suits him, doesn't it? It, it plays to his strengths. And I think you get the best out of Keenan Davis when you're like that. Look, when you've got Stemmer and Saar on the wings and you've got the overlapping fullbacks as well with Kamara and you, you're pulling balls back for Keenan Davis. And I mentioned this last week in last week's podcast uh, with with Tom Wicks from the Golden Pages. He's that fox in the box and he's always within that six-yard box. And he, he wants to finish those chances. And he, he if it's falls to him and it's on his plate, he is always going to finish. Even when the ball goes behind him and he Scorpio and kicks it into the back of the net. But are we seeing here a complete striker, Mike? Uh, yeah, uh, and this is the comparison that I made with Troy. We haven't had a striker that can hold it up, has the legs to get in the box, can do, can be complete, basically, with what you've just asked. We haven't seen that since 14, 15, 15, 16, Troy Deeney. So, you know, I, I mean, the way the ball stuck to him, every ball that come over, he won everything. And look, it just sticks to him and he, he creates passages of play and he, he's able to get in the box. I mean, we talked about Jean Pedro in his first season at, at, at Watford uh, in the Championship, sorry, <laughs> how he'd come deep, he'd win the ball, he'd bring others into play and then he'd get himself in the box as well. And that's what Keenan Davis is doing. And like you said, the system's really suiting him at the moment. And um, he, he's he's what we were screaming out for for a long time. I mean, uh, we, we could have done with him in the last couple of years, 100%. But long may it continue. And I, I, I'm, I've no doubt it will. With the talent that we've got going forward, hopefully now this is where it clicks for us and we start getting goals. And Because goals have been hard to come by for us. I think... Uh, John Marks said on commentary that up until yesterday, we'd only the games that we'd won at home were only by one nil. We hadn't really <laughs> put any teams to the sword at home. So, 
yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was brilliant, and he's been superb, and I think he'll just go from strength to strength. Yeah, and he, he, like we say, he scores goals, and he's also gets involved in assisting players as well. And he picked up an assist yesterday as well, just before half-time. And this is funny that we're saying it's just before half-time. Me and Mike, and like for the last three or four podcasts, we've spoken about conceding goals, bang on half-time, where we're going in, we're leading, and then we're back level, and it's a massive um, feeling deflated. But we did it the other way around this time. We actually scored and maybe took the wind out of Luton, if anything, because they had a good couple of chances maybe, um, where they maybe could have equalised. Uh, Batman came for a cross where he was never going to get to. Uh, I don't know why he, he just don't command his box. He's, he's frustrating, to say the least. Um, they had a shot just wide as well by Campbell, I think it was. And But well-worked free kick, Mike, for that second uh, corner, even. Well-worked. Yeah. Set Pete worked on the training ground. Um, Jal Pedro played it quickly to Gosling. Gosling gave it back to Jal Pedro. He whips into a ball to the far post, and there was Keenan Davis to knock it back across the six-yard box. And it fell to Truce Econ, who was practically underneath the crossbar when he, he fired it in. And he literally, he he just put so much power behind that, and he weren't going to miss that. And it meant so much to him. But, Mike, 2-0 going into half-time. Like, and, and special mention for True Econ as well, because yeah, obviously oh, I'm over the moon for him because he's a really decent guy. He cares about this football club. You've heard all the interviews of him having a Watford family, as in he's married into his um his missus whole family is all Watford supporters, season ticket holders. And that was before he joined Watford. So that connection was already there. And his family was in the stands yesterday and he scored his first goal of the season for Watford. And he instigated that meeting for Saturday night with the rest of the players. It, it seems like the senior players, it would be the likes of maybe him and Dan Gosling, they got the players together and was like, right, we need to drill into everyone how important this game is and we need to play as a team. We need to help each other out. And it, again, that happened in the season when we needed it. We lost. We put in that terrible performance against Coventry City, didn't we, Mike? Um, terrible game at St Andrews. And then they, he called a meeting and True Seacom was involved again. And then the following game, we won 6-0 at home against Bristol City. Um, so he obviously cares so much about this football club, Mike. But talk to me about True Seacom and that second goal. Yeah, like I said, you know, you, you brought that point up. He was also the one that instigated that, that meeting the, the other season. So it's he's clearly a leader. He's clearly someone that cares about the club. He's had a rough time, I think it's fair to say, a proper up and down time at Watford. You know, mm -hmm. he's had a lot of stick in the Premier League and, you know, performances weren't perhaps best. But he, on the other hand, he was part of one of the best defences in the Championship as well, um, the, the season that we went up and... I'm, I'm buzzing for him just as you are. And the, the, getting the goal on half-time, like you said, I think that was the killer for for, for Luton Town. Because like you say, they were slowly creeping back into it. They were stringing a few good passes together, a good few sort of passages of play and testing Dan Backman. And we got away with it. Adebayo, I think his name is. Backman coming out, flapping at it. And Adebayo just roof under that. So to get one right before half-time was, was super. And, I'll be honest, Ben, when we took the corner, I thought, what are we doing? I hate short corner routines. <laughs> I absolutely hate them. But straight off the training ground and it worked. And as you say, 
for Truth to get it. Uh, after everything he's been through so far, he uh, he loves the club. You can see how much he loves the club. Top shithousery from him as well. Uh, when their guy, Oshio, I think his name is, got sent off. He went like that to him. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But you can tell how much he, 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 the club means to him. And I think people, hopefully now, will start putting a bit more respect on his name and respecting him. Because I don't think he's, he's put, put a foot wrong, really. Uh, another man you mentioned there as well, Gosling. I don't think he. I think he was superb. The fact that the he's a filling in right back, exactly. The fact that he's a <laughs> he's a um, the fact that he's a filling right back. You know, we talked about when Craig Cathcart used to play at right back for us, and he, he was brilliant. Dan Gosling's done, done well at right back in a, in the Luton game as well. Uh, and again, another name to mention: Craig Cathcart was superb. It was great having mm-hmm. him back. But yeah, true Sukong, absolutely buzzing for him and. Uh, Long mate, continue. Yeah, quickly on Dan Gosling as well. He really led by example yesterday and he was getting really stuck in and he was quite physical, but not, not in a way where he was giving fouls away. He, he was, he was he very was clever with it. Yeah, I thought that. And he was really rattling. Uh, is it Colton, Colton Morris? Yeah, yeah he, he was really rattled with him. And he was getting into their heads, but I thought it was another solid display from um, Dan Gosling. And just throwing it out there, Mike, would you have him as our right back potentially until January? Because I'm not convinced with Mario Gaspol, but when he came on, he, he got stuck in one, a few good mm. challenges and looked all right. But yeah. I'm still not 100% convinced of him. And seeing Dan Coslin in the games against Norwich and yesterday against our rivals up the road, he, he fills me with more confidence. And I don't know how long Jeremy and Gaffey is out injured for. So would you keep him in as a right-back until January? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right as well to point out Gaspar did come on yesterday. I was a little bit worried, but to be fair mm. to him, he, he, he <clears> did. that was his one of his better performances. I think everyone got the memo yesterday. So everyone that yeah. come on got the memo, played well. Uh, so I'd 100%, I'd have him at right-back. Uh, Kayembe can play like that every game of the season for me. I thought he was superb as well. He's another one that gets a lot of stick. Um, but I thought, you know, he, he looked brilliant yesterday. Um, but I'd absolutely have him as right back. If, if we can get someone in in January, happy days. And Gosling can stay right back. Uh, if he gets injured, we know that Cathcart can go right back. And uh, to, to fill in at centre-back with, with Troost would be Sierra uh, um, so, you know, there's there's options there if, if there was to be an injury to Gosling or an injury in centre mid where Gosling might have to go back in. But, yeah, I'd have him at right back, 100%. Yeah, and thank you, everyone who's watching at the moment. I'm getting lots of comments in at the moment, so I'll run through a couple of them now. Uh, Gareth Quinton says, yes, definitely have him at right back until January, better player than uh, Mario Gaspar. And then Joe Thomas also says, I'd have him as a right back until the end of the season. Brilliant, the game yesterday. Um, so, yeah, Mike, 2 new at half-time. Almost dreamland, I'll say. Yeah. Definitely dreamland at 57 minutes in. Uh, fantastic present from Keenan Davis. Uh, it was just before that as well. He was chasing down a keeper a couple of minutes before that. So he he, he, he had it in him. And second half, he was showing this, those fitness levels as well. But fantastic pressure to put the, the Luton keeper under pressure. And he, he really fumbled that pass out from the back. And it fell straight to Jao Pedro. He took a touch and then just unleashed a shot into the back of the net. And... 
Luton were fully on the ropes at that point and it, it was just fantastic to see and that was um Jao Pedro's third goal of the season and another great performance from Jao Pedro that was actually his 16th goal for Watford since he's joined Wat- um, Watford back in the 1920 season so maybe Mike looking at that we know what Jao Pedro can do on a football field. We saw it yesterday. I put a tweet out yesterday saying Jal Pedro is by far the most talented footballer I've ever seen in a Watford um, mm. shirt. Um, I, I, under, I know people are older and they might go for like John Barnes and all that, different eras and that. But in my era, Jal Pedro is by far the most talented. And he just needs to add goals to his game, doesn't he, Mike? And it, he, he certainly delivered yesterday. But also looking at that, he's been here since 1920 season only got 16 goals so far is that another bit of a um another bit to say yes it is goals he needs to add to his game yeah I I I mean the other season in the championship I would have said so because that was more his role but I think this season he's more a creator we're seeing him more in the 10 this season so as long as he knew what he's doing and creating for people and finding little pockets of space. And that's fine. Obviously, Zhao himself will want to add goals as well. But I'm not too worried at the moment that he's only scored three. Uh, I, I think he's had some superb performances. I mean, Sheffield United, he did everything but score. The ball just stuck to him. He had he had absolute field day yesterday. It was like taking candy off a baby at times for, uh, for Zhao Pedro up against those Luton players. And yeah, I mean... The, the pressing was superb. Don't forget as well that Keenan Davis, um, the goalkeeper for Luton, Ethan Horvath, uh, was at Forest. Uh, well, he's on loan from Forest, and he played a few first team games for Forest last season in the Championship. So Davis will know what he does and doesn't like. So that may have played a little bit of a, uh, a, a little bit of you know help for for Keenan yesterday, and it worked as you say. It went to Jao Pedro and. I haven't been that confident with a player one-on-one or a player in that position since probably Matty Vidra. Because Matty Vidra, Mm. if he went through one-on-one, you knew where it was going. And as soon as Pedro got the ball, I I was celebrating. I knew it was in. He just smashed it in the back of the net. But um, no, that's your question. I'm not too fussed so far at his goal return. He's he's doing everything that that we want him to other than score goals. But I think it's more down to the the role that he's having to play this this season. It's not... He's not the 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 out and out man up top trying to get us the goals to win us games. So I think goals will come. It's like Aspria, goals will come. He had that chance cleared off the line against Sunderland. I think it was. Yeah, he had a close yesterday as well. As well, yesterday when his first goal comes, he that that will that will come with uh, with with confidence and, and goals as well. So yeah, Pedro superstar. Uh, I would probably back you as well with what you've said. Talented, most talented player I've seen in a Watford shirt in my lifetime. Yeah, I'm just kind of regretting that I didn't name a wedding table after him back in the <laughs> summer. Now. Why yeah. didn't I go for him? I you had went before the area, didn't I? Yeah, Forest <laughs> area, exactly. And just quickly as well, um, some breaking news as well. I've just seen from um, our friends at WD18 have put a tweet out just recently at Undanese have signed Matthews Martins for €9 million. Euros. The attacker rejoined Watford on loan in January. Um, so he was linked to a move with Watford back in um, the summer um, and he will be joining Watford in January on loan. Um, he's, he's, um, he's coming from Fluminese's. Um, so another Brazilian to fit in with Jao Pedro. Um, so 
another one to join, Mike. Um, your reactions on that quickly. My reaction you, when you, you said breaking news. A lot of Brazil- yeah, you, you yeah. must watch a lot of Brazilian football. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, I mean, so far, the, 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 the people that have come from Fluminense have been superb for us. So, you know, I'll, I'll absolutely take it. Um, and, you know, he's, he's obviously someone that the club hold in high regard and, you know, nine million euros that, that signed him for. So the fact that we've got him, uh, I'm sure he'll be an excellent addition. I must say, though, Ben, my heart was in my mouth for a minute when you said breaking news. I thought we'd sacked Village. <laughs> <laughs> we will be after Wigan when we lose 1-0, yeah. mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Say no more. But, but, yeah, talking about attackers and that, we threw another attacker on for Keenan Davis. Obviously, he went off injured. Doesn't look like that it, it, it's a serious injury. And it, he actually no, walked no. down the tunnel as well. I don't know whether it was a bit of cramp or something. He just fell a bit funny to the floor, didn't he, Mike? Uh, it, it looked like he got shot. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought his hammy had gone. And I thought yeah. he could be out for a while here. But uh, I think John Marks provided an update about 10 or so minutes after he went off and said, the, the news from the dressing room is that it's not as serious as people thought, which is good because we could really do without losing him uh, just when he's starting to get into the groove of things. But yeah, um, yeah, glad that it's not too serious, hopefully. Definitely. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he's available and fit to start against Wigan. Um, but yeah, as I say, Bakun Bio came on for his replacement and it was 79 minutes on the clock when Watford got that fourth go. It was um, KMB snapped up the ball in the middle of a park and the ball fell in the path of Bio and then he just slid the ball down to Ismail Asai. Ismail Asai took about four or five touches just to change the angle of his body and then he just he gave the keeper the eyes and just slipped it past him and Watford fans were in dreamland then. Um, the victory drive was bouncing Luton get battered everywhere they go is ringing out round all four stands of Vicarage Road. It's happened again. It's happened again. 4-0 to Watford. It's happened again. Uh, it's Malasar's fifth goal of the season. Mike, he's delivering with numbers this season, is Malasar now, isn't he? That's his fifth goal of the season. He's got three assists this season. And he's playing on the different side of the pitch. Is he showing how important he is? Like, we all know how important he is, but are we seeing how important he is to the team where he's able to switch from right-hand side to the left-hand side and delivering? His stats look very good this season. Yeah, I mean, he he, he was non-existent in the Millwall game, but I think he, he tried to sort of involve himself too much and... Um, you know, I think he switched the sides a couple of times, but just goes to show what can happen when you play a player in the, his preferred side. You know, we, we we all know that through Hassan Kamara. Uh, we've tried, you know, Rob often played him at right back when we needed him to fill in and he wasn't the same. And Ismail Asar on the left-hand side, uh, you know, just as a, well, more than effective on the left-hand side, uh, better than the right-hand side, 100%. Uh, He has scored tonight. He's playing for the under-21s against QPR. And he uh, he scored two minutes in. So, fair play to him. But, uh, yeah, delighted for Ishmael Asar. He's picked it up recently. Oh, I think your connection keeps popping out. So, I keep missing what you're saying. But, yeah, fantastic stuff from Ismail Asar. And it, Watford, it was a bit easier after... 
the 83rd minute as well. And Watford maybe took their foot off the gas after that as well. Luton went down to 10 men, a horrible challenge from Osho, um, and was given his marching orders for a horrible challenge on Ken Semmer. Um, at the time, it didn't look that high. Um, you could see that he went in with pace and his foot was raised, but looking back on the TV angles, he, he went really high up on his shin and deserved red card. And like they completely lost their heads at that point, didn't they, Luton? Yeah, I must admit, I was a little bit worried at the start of the game that it was going to be us that would get a red card. I thought Davis picking up a yellow card early doors and he was he was like that at the referee. I thought, please don't get sent off. Uh, and then their centre-back got uh, yellow carded, their full-back got yellow carded. I thought, you know, the, the, the wingers could really give them hell. So I, I knew there was going to be a red card, but luckily it was for them. And it was a disgusting challenge, yeah. And uh, Trooster Kong was there to wave him off the pitch. He certainly was. Uh, <laughs> have, you, have you seen the gif that's been created on Twitter? I absolutely love it. I'm going to be using that all year round now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quality. But yeah, <laughs> he, 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 I mean, he, he got from bad to worse for Luton. They, they, they were well out of the game. Uh, I, I, you, you guys might not have seen it because you were at the game, but uh, it, it's, it's fair to say that Nathan Jones was far from happy with that usher when he went off the... Uh, he told him his thoughts. It was very clear to see. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about Nathan Jones, um, Jones yeah. at the end because I think he's came up with maybe a bit too many excuses on how their team performed yesterday. <coughs> um, yeah. But yeah, um, Watford, 4-0 winners against Luton Town. Um, unlucky Luton. Um, better luck next time. That was poor from Luton, wasn't it? They didn't really... They didn't really show up, in my opinion. I, I was expecting more from them. Obviously, seven games unbeaten coming into it. Watford, poor runner forms themselves. I was expecting a really tough game at Bucharest Road. But what is it a case of Watford being that good? Or is it a case of Luton were that poor as well? Uh, I, I th- don't take anything away from us. I thought we were superb from the get-go. Mm, I think... Definitely. Anyone that concedes three minutes in is going to have a mountain to climb. You, you've got to look at it this way. If you concede three minutes in, yeah, you've got 87 minutes to score two goals. But the fact is, you've got to score two goals. And sometimes it's not that easy to go and score two goals, even if you're mm. playing a team that are in poor form. So, um, yeah, you know, they, they were on the back foot from three minutes in. So, uh, I, I was surprised as well. I thought Luton would put up a, a, a lot more fight than that. I didn't think it was going to be as straightforward as that for us. Uh, how much this sickness bug really did affect them, I, I don't know. Uh, I can't, you know, uh, confess to knowing how much the team had changed from the last few games. I don't know if they made wholesale changes or if there was one or two changes for them. I don't know. But either way, you'd expect the team that are led by that annoying twat, Nathan Jones, to, to show <laughs> at least some more fight than they did. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that they didn't turn up. And uh, after his comments, I really hope the game on April Fool's Day is the same because if we do the double over him, then, uh, yeah, he's going to have egg on his fa- more egg on his face than he does at the moment. 100%. And, yeah, I wasn't leading to being like, Luton that poor is that why Watford won? Watford were phenomenal yesterday. I thought the moment we 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 started on the front foot, and when Watford played on the front foot, 
it's better than our possession-based game, isn't it? We need to get in their faces. You need to be aggressive from the off. And that happened yesterday and Luton couldn't handle it. And I don't think any other team in the Championship would be able to handle it if we was that aggressive. Um, we was we was so good yesterday, mate. Um, we just need to follow it up. Now, that's the issue with Watford. You need consistency. And hopefully, this is going to kick off our season now. Um, but yeah, thoughts on Nathan Jones and Mike? Because obviously, he came out, he had an interview with the uh, the press afterwards, Andrew um, French came out and and his quotes were saying that Nathan Jones has blamed a sickness bug. Um, he said that's why Henry Lansbury didn't start ex Watford player on loan from Arsenal, didn't start a couple of people who was going to be on the bench that couldn't start. Supposedly he said he couldn't name a full-strength bench. And then he said that when we play them at Kenworth Road, it will be a much decent game. Um just making excuses, really, Mike, isn't he? Because his team was awful yesterday. Um, when the final whistle went, I don't know if you saw it, normally they put the camera straight on the managers and I was looking from the stands, I was like, he ain't going to shake Billich's hand. The moment the whistle went, he went straight walking onto the pitch. He didn't even look at Billich. He went straight walking towards the referee. So Billich was left on the sideline just shaking their assistant manager's hands. It just shows the kind of class that that man's got. He's got no class. He's a little rat, ain't he? Honestly, uh, he might as well be Scouse because nothing's ever his fault. He loses, like genuinely, he could lose to Man City, right? Luton could draw Man City in the cup. Man City could pace some 9-10 nil. I really hope that happens, by the way. Um, And he would come up with, oh, well, it's not fair because they've got this or it's not fair because this happens. Just tell it how it is. Yet, yeah, to be fair to him, I will give him one bit of credit, Ben. He did say, he did give Watford some credit. He said, we've got the best front four in the division, but there always has to be an excuse. Like, I, I just, I, I really don't like him for obvious reasons because he manages Luton, yeah. but his characteristics, uh, he's, he's a twat. Um, you know what? And, I yeah. think if even if he wasn't a Luton Town manager, I'd still hate him. Because yeah. he's just an arrogant, whiny prick. Yeah. yeah it he just is. seems like he has to moan about everything and it's always, or oh, poor me, this, this is to blame, this that to blame. No, mate, your, your team was shit. You got done over by Watford. On your big day out, you, you sold out your away allocation. Those away fans were leaving with 20 minutes ago because they was embarrassed of what your team performed on the day. That's the bottom line. You, you failed. You lost to Watford 4-0. Your biggest rivals, your fans will be looking forward to that. And that will be the first team that they saw on the open day of the fixture going, we've we got to get three points there. We can get three points. We've got to take that back to the Kenilworth Road. You fucking failed, mate. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? I, what I would do is I would play that interview in the dressing room at Kenilworth Road um, when we go and play at April and say, when he said, oh, the, the, the return fixture will be a much different game. I would play that. I would I would uh, cut out little snippets, stick that around the dressing room. I'd say, there's your team sort, lads. So, like, let's prove him wrong. Because if we do the double over these, I I, I, I want to see what excuse he's got gearing up. Maybe it'll be COVID swept through. I don't know. Dodgy Curry the night before. Who knows? But he's, he's a knob. Like you said, even if he wasn't Luton manager, I wouldn't want him anywhere near our club. 
because oh. honestly, you'd you'd give him five million pounds, he'd moan that it wasn't six. He's that type of bloke. He, 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 I wouldn't lend him the steam off my piss, mate. I really wouldn't. And just to finish off, let's go back to our Watford manager for the time being. Don't know yeah. how long we're going to have him for. Um, Slavin Bilic. <laughs> uh, yeah, breaking news, everyone. Um, Slavin Bilic, he's had a difficult start with Watford, hasn't he? He's been hit by injuries. Obviously, Rob Edwards was hit by injuries, but he's came to his squad. He knows how talented it can be. And he's had to deal with situations. And he's obviously picked up good results against Stoke, Norwich, Luton and then he's had the poor results against Millwall and Blackpool he's a decent manager though Mike isn't he he's got the championship experience he's probably one of the better managers in this division do you think if we had Rob Edwards in charge yesterday we would have won like we did Oh, I, I think I'm back now. Um, I hate questions like this because it's so hard to sit here and try and compare. Mm. I, I really don't know. Judging purely, judging on what I'd seen from Rob Edwards' side, I don't think we'd have been that ruthless. I really don't. Um, Slavin Bilic is a fantastic championship manager. He's got promoted with West Brom. Um, you, you could argue that our squad now. Now he's better than that West Brom squad that got promoted. I'm sure a few might have something to say about that. But his pedigree of management is fantastic. I think we all agreed. I don't want to go down this avenue now, but I'm just making a, a side comment here. I think we all would agree, most of us would agree that if we were offered Slavin Bilic at the start of this season instead of Rob Edwards, we'd have absolutely snapped your hands off. There's no denying he's a great manager. So I think he's obviously had a, a, an up and down start, but I think it's down to the players, Ben. There's been however many managers and we've not been able to fix that inconsistent you know, streak that we've been on. Um, so I think he will be the better one to guide us to where we want to go to. But, and this is a big but, because we said this about Rob Edwards, we have to give him time. Like, yeah, we've had crap performances against Millwall and Blackpool, but look, we come out the other end of it uh, well, I say we come out the end of it beating Norwich and Luton, but we did lose some Millwall in in the uh, in the middle of that. But we have to give him time, and hopefully, as we've said various times in this podcast, a performance like that, the best performance so far this season, will kickstart us, and hopefully, we'll, we we will go on a run now, and we th- this will be the game where we have clicked. I said it was a game against Stoke, or I said it was the game against Sunderland or whatnot, but hopefully this is the game where we have clicked and we now have the confidence to go on a bit of a run and uh, and start climbing the table a bit more because a team with our pedigree and our players should not be where we are in the league. And I don't mean that to sound cocky, I'm just saying it how it is. Yeah, well, Watford have moved up to 10th in the league now, like you say, a couple of points off the playoffs, so we're in touching distance now. But, I agree. I, I, I do feel like the players need to take responsibility. It's all well and good falling onto the, the manager's heads, but at the end of the day, the players need to deliver. They need to take responsibility. They need to show character. They need to take show desire. They need to show passion. They need to show willingness to work for each other. And yesterday, the players delivered. If they can do that for the rest of the season, 
we could have a really good season and really good end to the season. I'm not going to predict that we're going to finish X amounts in the league or potentially go up. I'm just saying that if we can see performances like that, where they show passion, they fight for each other on the pitch and they give the fans something to sing about, this could turn out to be a good season considering how it started this year. We turned our rivals over 4-0 at home. It's the best derby game I've ever been to. Okay, I've only been to two, but it's still the best I've ever been to. We've waited 16 years for this and everyone's woken up buzzing. We've just beaten our rivals 4-0. It don't get any better than that. Um, and we'll wrap it up there. The Orns are hopefully on their way up the league table. We travel to Wigan Athletic at the weekend. We need consistency. We need back-to-back wins. Can the players take that responsibility and deliver for us again? I bloody hope so. Um, thanks for watching, everyone. Don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And me and Mike will be back next week to give our reviews of the Wigan Athletic 1-0 defeat. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah. And we'll be back next week. Cheers, guys, for everyone watching and interacting. Uh, see you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.